0: The only all Laker podcast by Laker Lakes. The only podcast by Laker Lakes. Hey, Laker fans, welcome back. Game four is in the books. And if you're like most Laker fans, you are probably wondering what happened. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to get into it. Uh, I have some takes and some ideas. and want to get into it right away. I mean, first, first of all, once again, for the third game in a row, Lakers came out playing great. They seemed to have they made adjustments from the last game. Um, they were doing what they needed to do, and they were playing great. Andrew started the game on fire. I mean, the... It seemed like he really, really came to play on both ends of the floor. He had a really great defensive game in Game 3, but not so much offensively except for his amazing um, streak at the free throw line. But in Game 4, he really looked like he came out ready to, to make some noise, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. He beat everybody down the floor and scored a dunk on a fast break what i i i could not i could not believe it i it was like i don't know that was that was amazing um but maybe that tired him out actually running the floor at full speed one time because as we all know from the second uh second half he kind of disappeared he had a pretty good third quarter and then uh in the fourth he went back Back to old Andrew and kind of let himself get pushed around. Pushed right out of the block, right out of the block by Perkins. But I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But Andrew started off having a really great game. Ramon Sessions came out really, really aggressive, which was a great thing to see. He was really attacking attacking the rim. He tried to shoot a three and airballed it, but he stayed aggressive. See, that was, that was the great thing that I really liked about that. He airballed the three. It was embarrassing at home but he didn't shy away, you know, he, he kept staying aggressive, and I, I love that, I really love the way he was playing, I'm, I'm not entirely sure why he's not getting any minutes in the fourth quarter, um, I know Mike Brown likes to go with, with Steve Blake, who, who, granted, has been playing really well, I mean, Steve, he's been, he's been knocking down shots, you know, he, he's been penetrating, he even had a blocked shot, so, I mean, you know, he's, he's playing well, but, I don't I don't know if there's not if there's absolutely not any room for Ramon Sessions to be playing in the in the fourth quarter, you know, we can use his speed. I mean, basically the rotations for Mike Brown are always defensive based. You know, he he must feel that Steve Blake is better defensively than Ramon, which I'm not sure I really agree with that. Uh not to take anything away from Steve Blake cuz I do think he's he's playing really great and he's really stepped up for us. Um man slip sliding everybody was sliding around on the stable center court, and it was it was crazy. There was, was a lot of talk about it being because of the ice under the court because of uh you know the the king's game that was happening the next day that that was causing some condensation on the floor and all that kind of stuff uh i don't know I don't know if that's the case. Staples Center has officially stated that that's not the case. um the reality is that ice is under the floor has been under the floor since january it's always there, so there was nothing really new to the fact that it was there. I mean, the only thing new is the fact that, I guess, there was two games played in that building with, you know, thousands and thousands of people in there, and then I, I don't know if that made a difference with the humidity in the in the building or something. I don't know, but, I don't know. Anyway, everybody's saying it's because of the ice under the floor, that it was being slippery. Staples is saying, no, it's not because of the ice. Who knows? But it was kind of crazy how many people uh, slipped on the floor, especially in the, in the beginning of the game, and, man, I, I thought... I thought uh, Urkel was gonna have us have an injury there. I thought he he stretched something when he fell, but he seemed he seemed okay, which was uh, which was good. Um, if any if anybody's listening, to if this is your first podcast podcast you're listening to, uh, Urkel is Russell Westbrook, but I'm calling him Urkel because he keeps he insists on wearing these ridiculous outfits for his post game interviews. Which is topped off by the stupid huge glasses with no lenses. I don't I don't know what the heck that that's about, but so he he looks like Urkel. So I'm calling him Urkel. Uh, cool. One thing was a really good adjustment I thought that the whole team did from the last game, from game three, was we did a much better job at taking care of the ball. That was a great adjustment. I said I talked about that adjustment really needed needing to be made. I said that it needed to start with Kobe because he was one of the worst ones with not taking care of the ball in game 3 and it it was f- starting from Kobe. Kobe was, did a much better job of taking care of the ball. The whole team followed that example. And uh, it was much better. The turnovers were way down. I think that we had something like five turnovers in the first half, which which was incredible from the clip that we had been going at before these uh, every other game in this series. So that was uh, that was great. Jordan Hill, I think, is playing really great. He's a rebounding beast. I really like the way Jordan Hill is playing. And man, good good for him. You know, coming in is just a, a throw-in for in the for in the trade, and then now he's getting real, real minutes, and he's he's showing up, and he's making it worth it. So, good, good for him, good for you, Jordan, because you know everybody in the NBA has talent. It's just how many people really are going to work hard? And right now, Jordan is really working hard. So you got to hand it to him. Um, some some props. Some props to the Thunder. Not not a lot, but there are a few. I, I think I think James Harden is really really good at getting fouls called on defenders. Um, he's he's pretty sly with that. He's he's almost as good as uh, as Kobe is on getting fouls called on people who are guarding him. He's got it down. And it, and it doesn't. It's not really surprising to me because of the fact that he, you know, he grew up in LA, he's an LA guy. Um and uh he's been watching Kobe, you know, his whole life and he was kind of idolized him as a kid growing up. So, uh no question that he kind of uh takes takes that part of his game. Uh, but it's he he does a great job on it. You just got to be careful when you're when you're guarding him. I thought the, the team did a really good job on shutting him down. I think Kobe was on him a lot of the time in Game Four, which which pretty much took him out of the game. Too bad we couldn't do the same for Westbrook. Uh, f- sorry, Erkel and, and Durant. Speaking of Durant, all right, I I I gotta say this: the dude, he never argues calls. I mean, no matter how bad he thinks they are or how frustrated he gets, he never argues calls. And I I have so much respect for that, man. The dude is a pros pro, really. He's he's I think Kobe could take a lesson from Kevin Durant about not arguing calls. Although Kobe's been doing a lot better too during this series, he he usually complains about every time, I and mean, he still does. He still does. Usually, he does it while he's lying on the ground, throws his arms up, you know. But um, you never see Kevin Durant doing it. Uh, I, re- I gotta respect that. Um, the guys, the guy's an assassin, man. His his late game shots, he's he's very very Kobe esque, and you gotta give. Give respect and credit for that man. The dude, the dude is good. He's really, really good. Um, so second half can, comes along and things start changing. Lakers do a pretty good third half. Kobe has an incredible third half. I mean, he couldn't. His shooting percentage was down in game three, but man, did he turn it around in in game four? I mean, especially in that third quarter, he was pretty much unstoppable it was it was beautiful probably the best quarter of basketball he's he's played it was really really nice um we go into the fourth and we can't we fall apart once again just like in game two now everybody has been there's a lot of blame being put on pal gasol right now uh specifically from kobe saying Powell needs to be more aggressive he needs to look to shoot the ball because everybody's looking at once again everybody's looking at that one play looking at that last play when we're still up three you know Powell said something to kobe before the play during the timeout saying hey man i'm going to be open give me the ball kobe does throws a beautiful pass bounce pass to gets it to pow he's in an he's got an open shot Nice little 15-footer, and he chooses to try to pass it to MWP. And, of course, Kevin Durant's 18-foot arm span gets in the way and intercepts the pass, runs up, shoots three, ties the game. So, obviously, so everybody's looking at that and blaming Powell for the loss of the game. Hopefully, his family's not getting death threats like those idiots that were doing that because of uh, Steve Blake missing the last shot in Game 2. Um, but it's, it was more than that. I mean, yes, yes, it was a mistake. Pow should have shot the ball or at least looked to shoot, let the defense adjust, and then work something off of that. But he, even a split-second decision, he didn't look to shoot. He looked to pass. It was, you know, obviously it was a mistake. I think Pow knows that it was a mistake, but it was one play. You know, it was one situation, uh, that's not the reason that we lost the game. Any more than Steve Blake missing the wide open three in game two was the reason that we lost that game. You know, it's it's so many things that happened in that fourth quarter, um, and we need to we need to get into them because uh, pe- the the team is getting frustrated right now. We're we're on the brink of elimination again. So the second series in a row, but this time it's not a game seven. And things are getting pretty real you know and and kobe's uh kobe's calling out pal um and things are uh, are getting a little tense, but you know there's a reason for all of this um i think the i think the two bigs got tired in the second half uh what's happening is basically they're getting pushed around uh by Perkins and Ibaka. you know and the thing the thing is with You know, everybody, there's a lot of blame, a lot of media scrutiny going on right now with Kobe losing the game for us because he started taking tons of bad shots in the fourth quarter, hogging the ball, not passing, going, doing isolation plays and taking bad shots. And, uh, and there, I mean, there's truth to that. I think there's a little bit of truth to that. That's not that's not the end all be all of why we lost it's it's kind of easy i think it's a little too easy to say whenever that happens oh kobe you know he he he's a ball hog and kobe was trying to go one on one and this and that but it's it's partly true because he does have a tendency to do that but i think the deeper question needs to be why you know and the easy answer is oh because he's selfish but that that's that's ridiculous, okay, because Kobe's, he's not selfish, and he's not stupid, okay, he knows that he, he has a far less chance winning the game if he tries to do it all by himself, okay, I think he's perfectly willing to dish and to move the ball if he thinks there's something there for him. Um, What's, what's happening is that if you, if you watch, if you go back and watch the game and want or watch the tape, and you look at those times where Kobe has the ball and he's running in isolation. Look at what Andrew and Powell are doing in those moments, because you will see, you will see them looking over Kendrick Perkins, trying to l- find Kobe, not doing not, either getting shoved out of the paint or just standing on the edge of the paint on the other side of Kendrick Perkins and then, and occasionally of uh, Ibaka. They're completely being manhandled in there. There's no one to pass it to. You know, it's easy to say, oh, Kobe won't pass the ball. Where's he going to pass it? He, he, We need to get it inside, yes, but those guys are getting completely pushed around. They're getting pushed right, right out of the paint, pushed right off the block, you know, and... I mean Andrew is a 24-year-old 7-foot beast and he's getting pushed around by an old man with a bum hip. You know, it's it's like getting getting pushed off the block by Phil Jackson. You know, guy can't even walk. I mean, come on. You know, I mean talk talk about stepping up. You have to push back. See, they know. See, they were reacting because Andrew was having an incredible game. He was having an incredible game on both ends of the floor, and they were like, what are we going to do about this? How are we going to counter this? They have no counter for it. So the only thing they can do is just start getting physical and, and just basically pushing them out of the way. And that's what they started doing. They start. See, you hear. You hear a lot in the. You heard. You heard a lot in the, um, the post game interviews, especially with Andrew, uh, with Kobe also about him being fronted. They started fronting the bigs. They started fronting Andrew. Andrew said, "Yeah." They started fronting. Fronting us, and it really uh, kind of sent everything into a, a disarray. We didn't know how to adjust. What What that means, if you're wondering, what What does that mean? What's fronting mean? All it really means is they're pushing him out of the way. Okay, can. Andrew is trying to get position in the post to get the ball, and basically Kendrick Perkins is walking up and pushing him out of the way and pushing him right out of the paint. And Andrew is not pushing back, or he's not just running around him and repositioning himself. He's just allowing himself to get pushed out of the paint. Powell, too. Powell does the same thing. And even worse, when Andrew is letting himself get manhandled, by Perkins and then if he if he kind of pushes back a little bit and then Ibaka com- immediately will come over to help he'll come over to help per- to help Perkins keep Andrew out of the paint which completely frees up Powell and Pow needs to demand the ball at that point Powell needs to needs to turn cut make himself available so we can run the offense through Powell at that moment and it's it's not happening So, yes, you can you can partly blame Kobe for not passing and for being a ball hog and for taking bad shots. But if there's nowhere to throw it into, what what is he supposed to do? You know, it's like in 2005 and 2006 is exactly what he he had to do that. That was the offense of the team was Kobe going isolation one on five and. He was in in, in be just in the beginning of his prime, so he could kind of get away with it, and he could do that. I mean, he he was the scoring champion of the league two years in a row because he had nobody to pass through. What's what's he going to do? Feed the post? He's going to throw it into to Chris Mim, you know? And and we're going to win that way. He's he's going to feed Kwame Brown, you know? It it was the only way that that we could score, and he's good enough where he could kind of make it work most of the time in 2005-2006. And, and now, in 2012, he's still good enough where he can make it work some of the time. He can't do it enough of the time where it's actually going to help us win, but he can still do it enough where it can kind of be justified for doing it in the first place, which is kind of what Charles Barkley was saying on inside the NBA when he said that you know, just because a stupid shot goes in doesn't mean it's not a stupid shot anymore. You know, um, basically talking about Kobe jacking up these really, really difficult shots. And if, when, when they go in, then he just goes and makes more. You know, well, you, you have to you have to understand the mindset of these guys, you know, the mindset of these guys, the mi- like the mindset of Powell, for example. Powell's a smart guy. I've talked about this before, you know, and he's occasionally maybe a little too smart for his own good okay because pow will get the ball he'll get the ball maybe about 15 feet from the basket he'll turn around and he'll immediately analyze the situation it's like it's like the terminator you know the screen goes up and option a b c d e comes in and he calculates which of those options has the best formula for success the best percentage for success option c boom execute boom and he'll go okay that's but all this happens in in a matter of seconds with pow okay with with Kobe, Kobe gets the ball. He turns around. His screen comes up. There's one word. Kill. Score. That, that, well, maybe not score. Kill, I think, to, to use the, the Mamba terminology. Okay? He he wants, to, he wants to go in. Now, if there's an option to go into the bigs, if the bigs are, are getting position in the room, he will completely throw it in there. 100%. Because one thing that Kobe is not – Kobe takes a lot of crap and a lot of flack and a lot of criticism and some of it is is uh warranted and i think some of the criticism that he's taken from this game is also warranted but there's one thing that kobe is not he's not stupid okay he knows he needs help he is very acutely aware the the criticism that he's selfish is absolutely ridiculous because kobe is very aware that he needs help to win his sixth ring. He cannot do it by himself. That is the one and only reason that he will not say anything negative about Andrew in, the, in his post-game interviews. When, he, when he's being interviewed, he won't ever he criticize Andrew, really. Even when Andrew says completely ridiculous things, he will try to back him because he knows how fragile mentally... Andrew is he knows that this year at least he needs Andrew or he there's no way he can win he can win a championship and it's and yeah in our perspective it's kind of ridiculous to kind of keep talking about championship at this point but this is I'm I'm trying to let you know this is how Kobe thinks okay he's he is trying to win a championship he's trying to do it one game at a time and he knows that he needs Andrew to do it And Andrew is so fragile mentally that he has to support him all the time, no matter what, because he knows that if he calls out Andrew and really gets down on him, at least publicly, he will fold. He will pout, he will turn on him, and then he will not perform because he's upset or because he's mad, or because he thinks he's being picked on. Kobe knows this, and that's why he has never done it. If you go back, he won't say anything negative about Andrew. Now, he will definitely say something about Powell, and he has before, and that, and that's what he's doing this, this game after this, when he said Powell needs to be more aggressive, Powell needs to do this, Powell needs to do that, Powell's not doing this. It's not just Powell, and he knows it, but Powell is man enough where he can take it. He can call out Pow, Powell. PoW's not going to shrivel down. He's not going to shrink up. He's not going to pout. He's, he's going to do better. And Kobe knows it, which is why he said, you know, PoW needs to be more aggressive, and next game he will. He, because he he knows that. He knows that Pow is going to be better. And sometimes, you know, he needs a little kick in the ass. And it's happened before. It's happened many, many times while, while they've been together on the team. You know, does Powell deserve a little bit of criticism? Yeah, he does. Does Powell need to be more aggressive? Yes, he most certainly does. Does he need to look to shoot first? Yes, most definitely. So I think it's good. It's good that Kobe calls and calls him out. He's not being selfish. He's not playing the the blame game, you know, or trying to just blame people. He knows that he can call out Powell, and Powell will be better. It will get better, and it will make. The team better. And if he calls out Andrew, it will not make the team better. That that and only that is the reason that Kobe is calling out Pal after this game and not calling out Andrew. Okay? That's the reason. He's 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 driven, he's aggressive, he's egotistical, but he's not stupid. Okay? Now Andrew needs to step up. Okay? He really he really needs to step up. He needs to push back. Okay? Because he's getting he's he's just getting manhandled back there. And the thing like Andrew what Andrew says is that well I didn't get the ball in the in the end of the game. I didn't get the ball, you know? Like it's it's always something else with Andrew. You know, it's always somebody else. Like when he when he was not showing up defensively in the regular season, Mike Brown would bench him for the fourth quarter, you know, and then he would complain. Well, I wasn't even in the game for the fourth quarter. Well, it's because of your lack of effort, you know. But he he doesn't see that, you know. He sees him not getting the ball in the fourth quarter as somebody else's fault, somebody else's problem, you know. And th- this is kind of it's it's an this has been an age-old argument, you know. What comes first, the chicken or the egg, you know, Kobe goes one-on-one so the bigs don't get the ball the bigs don't get position they don't fight for their position so Kobe goes one-on-one you know which which is it which one of those is really causing the other one you know and I think the truth is kind of in between as it always is in life right it's a little bit of both you know can Kobe do a better job of forcing the ball inside and making sure the ball moves better yes Yes, of course he can, and he needs to. You know, Can both Pal and Andrew do a better job of holding their position, not just getting their position, but holding it, holding their position on the block and, and forcing a way to, or an avenue for the ball to get inside? Do they need to do that? Yes, 100% they need to do that. You know, and, and they especially need to do that in the fourth quarter. Because that's when it's not happening, okay. And it's both of them that need to do that, you know. And here's how I can tell that that's that that's what ha- that's what's happening. That it's effort by the bigs is because you can always there's one thing that you can always track. you can always use to gauge what the effort level is of your bigs, okay. Is and and that's not points. Or it's not touches, you know, because they can argue, oh, I didn't get any points because I didn't get any touches. Well, you didn't get any touches because you didn't get position. You weren't running back. You didn't play any defense. The one thing that you can really tell and use to gauge effort is rebounds because rebounds are not dependent on anything else but you. Not depending on you getting the ball, not depending on you getting touches, not depending on anything, but you and your effort. And if you're seven feet tall, you should be getting rebounds. If you're in the game and if you're playing aggressively, you should be getting rebounds. How many rebounds did Andrew have in the second half? Two. How many rebounds did Powell have in the second half? Two. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Completely. To me, that means they need to do better. They need to work harder. They need to find a way to stay in their position or to reposition themselves so that they are able to get the ball, okay, and not blame the ball movement or blame Kobe or blame anything else other than them not doing a good enough job about staying aggressive down low, okay? And yes, and Kobe needs to do a better job of making sure that that happens, making sure you move the ball, making sure you get everybody involved, especially at the end. You know, Kobe, he's not his legs aren't as fresh as they used to be. They're in- incredibly fresh right now because of the, whatever this knee surgery thing that he did in Germany in the offseason has been amazing for him. It gave him like an extra three years of his career, I think, because he was not able to do the things that he able to do. He wasn't able to do them last year. No way, no how. So, but he's still not able to do it by himself. But the thing is, the see, see Kobe is good enough, and the the Mamba, as we like to call him, the Black Mamba, he's good enough where he can kind of get away with it. So if he can, why, why won't he? You know, I think it's it's almost like like Kobe turns into to Cyrano from Major League, you know, if anybody else out there likes baseball movies. You know, Cerno C- 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 Kobe says, you know, look, I I want help. I need your help. I need your help to get what I want to get. But if you're not going to help me, then F you, Joe Boo, I do it myself, you know. And I think that's Kobe's mentality right now. I think he says, yes, I'll move the ball. Yes, I'll throw the ball inside. Yes, let's get the bigs involved. But if you're just going to stand there like a bump on a log, if you're gonna, just going to stand there and allow yourself to get pushed off the block – then screw you i'm gonna do it myself, and he makes just enough shots for him to believe that he can do it himself and there there have been times when he when he can you know i don't it's 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 not something that we need to be blaming him for, you know I mean like the the coach slash teacher inside me wants Kobe in those positions to to like instead of trying to go one on five to call a time out. And go over to everybody and say get your ass in position. Don't let him get forward, push you off the post. You know, and then come back and then and then go again. But but Kobe doesn't think like a coach as much as we all like to like to play with the idea of Coach Kobe because he was, you know, did the thing when he was injured and he was a kind of a second, an auxiliary coach on the field. Kobe doesn't think like a coach, at least not right now. And he shouldn't think like a coach. He thinks like a player. Okay. He thinks, how can I win? How can I win right now? Okay. That's, that's how he's thinking. And that's how we want him to think. That's how we need him to think. Okay. We need him to be using the tools that he has to win games and then be there at the end in case things go weird to maybe make a couple of, of shots when needed. Not to control the entire fourth quarter himself, not to get the whole team going, but sometimes he has no other choice. There's, there's times, like, like before, a few games back, when he, he got us back from, from down double digits all by himself. All by himself, he got us back. We still barely lost the game because nobody would help The problem that the team has, and this has been a problem for years for years. The team has had this problem that when Kobe gets in in a zone when kobe gets starts feeling it and starts making shots, everybody stands around. Kobe gets the ball, and they just stand there. See you can 't complain because he 's not passing the ball when everybody else on the team is just standing there watching him move cut reposition you know and it's like oh well they're standing there because they know he's never going to pass well he's never going to pass because you're standing there once once again chicken or the egg who cares get better you know, it it does nobody any good to sit there and say, well, he's never going to pass us the ball. Well, if you're constantly cutting and make yourself open, he's going to pass you the ball. Kobe is a willing passer when there's somebody to pass to, okay? And if you've been watching any amount of games, I watch every single game, if you're watching any amount of games, you will see that. It will be painfully obvious, okay, but... But it's so easy; it's too easy to say things like, you know, "Oh, Kobe's a ball hog. Kobe doesn't pass the ball." It it, it doesn't make sense, and it's not the truth. Just just as much as it's not the truth to say Powell is soft, because I don't think I don't think Powell is soft. You know, Powell's a skill player. Powell can be very aggressive. A lot of times, Powell allows himself to be passed up in the pecking order because Powell doesn't really give a crap who, if he's number two or number three or number whatever, he could care less. He just wants to play and he wants to win. Like Andrew really does care. Andrew doesn't want to be number three and he can barely stand being number two because he wants to be number one. Who cares what number you are as long as you win? See, but that's, I don't, I don't think that that's how Andrew thinks. And that's, that's that's the point of another another podcast. I don't <laughs> want to get off on that. OK. All right. Let's 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 change the subject here. Um, so how about Matt Barnes? What's uh, what's going on with that? Matt Barnes. Uh, this guy needs to, I think, go to uh, Devin Ebanks jail. Okay, Devin has not played a minute since he was thrown out of the game and took off his jersey, which uh, I kind of agree with. I kind of like. I kind of like that. Um, but Matt Barnes, what, what, what is he doing? There's only three guys coming off the bench. Our bench is so limited that there's only three guys that we use, and one of them right now is completely useless. You know, he's Matt Barnes has no confidence in his shot. His... His defense is a shell of what it was in the regular season, for whatever reason. Maybe he's still suffering from that uh, that sprained ankle that he got, which could very well be very well be the case. Um, but he can't shoot and he can't defend. So what's the deal? Why is he even out there? You know, I say, look, if Andrew is having trouble manning up to Kendrick Perkins. Down low, if he's having trouble holding his position, why don't we bring in Josh McRoberts for a little spurts in the game just to pound against Perkins? Josh is a bruiser and he will go in there and do whatever dirty work needs to be done. And if he needs to just go in there and just pound up against Perkins for a while, tire him out and down low so that then Andrew can come in and make it a little bit easier why not, you know, why, why not do that? I mean, if at the very least he can make a shot, you know, but just put him, put him in there to just pound up against Perkins and and get him tired or something to help out. Because if we can't depend on Andrew to, to, to man up and do it himself, then let's, we got other, other bodies over there on the bench, just sitting there gathering dust, you know, obviously, you know, <laughs> Morris isn't gonna do much good against Perkins, but I think McRoberts could. He has he has the frame to get in there and and pound a little bit. I think he'd he would have no problem doing that. So, you know, but who who knows? I mean, Mike Brown is very very reluctant to make any adjustments to the rotation at this stage, but I just don't see how Matt Matt Barnes is helping us in in any way. And it's, it's kind of frustrating. There's a lot of talk about changes in personnel, uh, who, you, know, who's going to be gone, who's, but you know, I'm going to leave. That's not a, a conversation for this podcast. That's a combination for a combination, a conversation for a different podcast. I'm not even going to entertain it here because we're still alive. Until we're dead, we're still alive, and I'm, we're going to treat it like that, like we're still alive. All we have to do is win one game. Okay? That's all we have to do, one game. We have controlled three of the last four games that we have played. That enough, that in itself, should give us more than enough confidence to go in and win one game. Okay, the only game that we didn't have a shot at is game one. That's the only game we haven't controlled at least the majority of the game. So obviously we're doing things that work. I think every game we've come out, we've come out making... Have having made adjustments from the last game, and it has made us better. We've gotten better every single game this series. That, that is enough, I think, to, to gain a little bit of confidence, at least for us, at least for the fans. I know for the, the players, I don't think they're lacking in confidence. I think they, can, they know that they can go into Oklahoma and they can win a game, and that's all they have to worry about doing. That's all we have to do, is go into Oklahoma and win a game. We almost did it in game two, there's no reason that we can't go in there now, being better now than we were in game two, knowing more that what we need to do specifically to counter specific things that the Thunder are doing even better. So we should have an even better chance. The thing that they need to know, the thing that the team needs to know, and the thing that the coaching staff needs to know going into game five is that Oklahoma City, the team, they are going to be better Okay, we can't game plan against what they have given us so far. We have to game plan against what they're going to give us. This is not something that I'm sure that I think that the coaching staff is, is doing because we haven't done it yet. They always game plan against stuff that they've already seen. They make adjustments to stuff that happens to them, sometimes in-game, uh, sometimes game-to-game. Game. But what they haven't done, this is like a Popovich Thing is, they haven't game planned for things that are going to happen, you know. And I think that's that's the difference. They they have to realize who Oklahoma City is, where they're coming from, and what they're thinking. Okay, they are very confident. They are seeming in, in complete control of the series, and they are going home to close it. They want to close this series out now. They want to close it in front of their home crowd. They are going to come out like gangbusters. They are going to come out with an increased amount of energy and an increased execution, especially at the beginning of the game. We need to be ready for it, or we are going to get blitzkrieged into a 25-point hole before the first quarter is up. We cannot go into this game thinking... Well, they're, we already know what they're going to do, and we already know that we can counter that with things that we do. No. We have to take what we've done, take what's worked with them, and then increase it. We have to do better than we've done before, because they are going to be better. Okay? It's, the, the, it's all about, it's about consistency, and it's about knowing what's coming up. Look, the Lakers are capable of working hard. They're capable of being aggressive but the problem is that it's very difficult for this team to do those things for extended periods of time okay that's that is has been the consistent issue and the consistent problem all season long I, I forget season long for years that's been the problem for the team and the reason that they're it's difficult for them to have that kind of effort for extended periods of time is because they're not used to it they're not used to it okay you have the whole at the old adage practice like you want to play don't wait for when it counts to bring your a game because it just may not be there when you need it okay and i think that's completely applicable to this team and what's happening right now they're having trouble sustaining energy they're having trouble sustaining aggressiveness but more specifically they're having trouble sustain, sustaining their mental focus. And that's, I think, really when you get really down to the nitty-gritty of what's happening, that's what I believe it is. It's the mental focus that they're having trouble doing. Almost everybody on the team has, has trouble maintaining the level of mental focus that you need to have for an entire game. They have trouble doing it, and the reason they have trouble doing it is because they're not used to it. They don't practice like that, so they're not used to doing it. Now, I don't mean practice like that, like meaning in the actual Laker practices, they're not bringing that game intensity because NBA practices are not – they're not even real – practices really it's just basically a walkthrough. they talk about the game plan maybe work one or two things there's there's hardly any time to really practice during the season i mean you're you're either traveling or you're a game day or you've just done a back-to-back and so you're resting a day but there's there's next to no, no practice time during during the season especially this season with a condensed season, throwing all these condensed games into a shorter amount of time. And, of course, there was no preseason, really. So there has been really no practice time. So the practice for, like, an NBA player, the practice is the regular season. The regular season is practice, and then the playoffs is the game. If you don't play like you want to play, In the playoffs, if you don't play that way in the regular season, if you don't bring that type of sustained energy and sustained mental focus through games in the regular season, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to all of a sudden do it in the playoffs. That, That, my friends, is the switch that people have been talking about this team having or not having for years. The switch of being able to turn it on. That switch doesn't exist. There is no switch. Sometimes you get a team that's talented enough where it can seem like they're flipping a switch, but they're, they're not actually flipping a switch. It's just the times that it seems like the switch gets flipped is just times that it worked. And the times that it seems like they're just not flipping the switch, those are times they're trying to flip the switch and it's not working. Okay? That's, that's the difference. Teams like Oklahoma City Thunder, they play hard all the time. They're used to it. They don't know another way to play. The Indiana plays like that. They're that type of a team. They play hard all the time. Philadelphia is a team like that. They play hard all the time. That's how they're tra- trained. That's how they're taught, and that's what they do. Those team, Those two teams don't have a fraction of the talent that the lakers have but they have um, but they're just as far in the playoffs as the lakers because of that because of how they quote practice end quote which basically means because of how they approach the games in the regular season and until the lakers can start doing that on a regular basis in the regular season it's always going to be like this they are always going to have people f- talking about the switch and, and when are they going to flip the switch and how do they flip the switch and this imaginary switch that doesn't even exist. Okay, Thunder has no switch. That's, that's how they won game two is because they don't have a switch. Even though they were being beaten the whole game, they only know one way to play and that's with energy and aggressiveness and that's why they were able to win. And that's why the Lakers have a tendency to give up leads and blow games in the fourth quarter. So ironically enough, even though all the talk between the two teams has been about youth versus experience, the real issue that it's coming down to is mental focus, mental stability, and mental strength that's that's really what the issue is now it's not it's not too late you know it's it's possible for the lakers to bring that kind of mental focus game in and game out but it's going to be really really difficult mentally it's going to be more difficult for the lakers than it is for the thunder just because the lakers aren't used to doing it they're not used to it. It takes more effort. It takes more effort for the Lakers to be mentally engaged through the entire game than it does for the Thunder because they haven't practiced it. Now, it's not impossible. No no way, no how. It's not impossible. The Lakers have enough talent, like they always do, where they can still get it done even though they haven't been consistent with it all, all season long. And that, that right there, that is the reason that people like Charles Barkley hate the Lakers, like Charles will never pick the Lakers to win a series, and the reason is because he doesn't think they deserve to win, because they don't play hard all the time, and honestly, as a fan of basketball, as a fan of the game, it's, it's kind of hard to argue against that point, so that that's my take on that, but obviously, I love the Lakers, and I want us to win. And I think we can do it. I think we can come out of this series. I definitely think we can win one game. We can go into Oklahoma City and win, take one game. We've done it three games in a row. We've controlled the game. We just need to, one, be able to, to maintain it all the way to the end of the game. We need to be able to adjust when the Thunder starts really getting physical and fronting Andrew and pow off the post we need to be able to adjust to that we need to be able to push back when they push us we need to push back okay we need to do we need to have a better defensive game on westbrook and durant because they're incredible and we we did a pretty good job on both of them in game three not so much in game four so we might not we might need to do a little bit of adjustments in that and see if we can slow them down a little bit and we, they always talk about we need to slow down the game. We do need to slow down the game, but slowing down the game doesn't mean getting the rebound and walking up the court. That's so frustrating. Slowing down the game means getting the rebound, running up half court, getting into your offensive set, then slowing down the game. I hate that. They have a tendency of doing that. They just walk the ball up the court as Mike Brown is on the on the sideline screaming, go, 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 go. And then they, they waste like five to eight seconds of the shot clock before they even get into position. And then, oh, we have a short shot clock. Really nothing's happening. Pass it to Kobe. Oh, there's only five on the shot clock. Kobe has to put up a, a hard, difficult shot. Oh, Kobe's selfish. You know? There it is. So we've figured out... How to handle this team. We've made adjustments every game and gotten better. We know how to win. We just have to man up and do it. Okay? Don't let's not get all crazy about Kobe calling out Pow. I've explained that's ex- the exact reason why he's doing it. Pal is gonna be better. Hopefully, Andrew will come and be better. Hopefully he will find a way to be more physical and more aggressive down the stretch. And especially in the fourth quarters, and not allow himself to get pushed off the block by the old man with the bad hip. Okay, if we can do that and everybody else keep bringing the aggression, Roman, keep being aggressive like you were. You were amazing. Maybe if you keep doing that, you might even get some minutes in the fourth quarter. Wouldn't that be nice? So one game is all we need. I completely believe we can get one game. So let's go and get one game, okay? Don't lose faith. People, don't lose faith in the team. We are not done yet. The fat lady has not sang, even though she is clearing her throat. Okay, so let's keep flying our flags, sporting your colors, and supporting the team. And let's get one win in Oklahoma City. And then we come home. All right. Go, Lakers.